0: From the studios of One Jacks Productions, this is The Revealing, a ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, with your hosts, Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel, and Praise Leader Chris Wing.
1: All right, well, uh, welcome. I'm uh, Pastor Frank Silvaggio from One Baptist Church in Jacksonville. Uh, I'm here with our associate pastor, Robert Engel, and our praise leader, Chris Wing. Uh, and here, really, what we're doing uh, with this podcast is we're going to be talking about uh, the subject of expository preaching and the importance of it in the uh, at the pulpit uh, at our churches. And uh, so uh, we just want to kind of go around and uh, just kind of explain uh, what, uh, what that is and uh, why uh, we believe that expository preaching uh, not only is is uh, what uh, is important, but what the Bible tells us that we should be doing. Uh, it's, uh, as a church today, as a, one of the marks of the local church, uh, we, we say this, it's a, it's a priority uh, because Christ is the Word of God. And because Christ is the Word of God, uh, we must embrace uh, in, in an uncompromising priority on expository preaching. Uh, John 1.1 1, 1 tells us that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Uh, John 1.14 says, and the word became flesh. And uh, as uh, Jesus is the word of God, uh, he uh, pretty much uh, it tells us that we need to be about what he was about. So uh, we're just going to kind of talk about this subject today and, and kind of try to d- uh, uh, dig into it as much as we can and just see what we can uh, come up with with the uh, expository preaching. So why don't we go ahead and start? We'll let, uh, we'll let Robert uh, kind of give us uh, some definition maybe and... Uh, and uh, kind of give us some opening remarks.
0: Yeah, so, you know, when I uh, think about expository preaching, um, the idea of that is simply, and, and the bottom line, when it's all stripped away, it's, it's exposing the Scriptures. Uh, it is uh, taking what God has said and just what God has said and going word for word, line for line, as Isaiah says, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, um, and by doing that, we are um, obeying the command that Scripture gives us in Second Timothy chapter four and verse two, which is to preach the word. Um, expository preaching uh, is the means um, that the the pastor, the preacher, the teacher uh, needs uh, for God's message to be revealed. Uh, to the people through His Word. That's why we're, we're not called to preach our words. We're called to preach His Word, um, and doing that in an expository fashion considers the context of the passage, uh, biblically, contextually, historically, etc. Chris?
2: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. You know, and 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 just to add maybe just a little bit to that is that once you know that's being done, that's how we can understand what the, the true doctrine of the Scripture really is when it's being read for what it says you know like you said line upon line precept upon precept when it's being preached and, and and a pastor's not putting his thoughts into it you know that's when the doctrine of the scripture can be exposed can be revealed through expository preaching so yeah i would definitely agree with that
1: so i want to if you if we could just take a moment i want to read a definition uh, that uh, that we have here that i think can be a good uh, starting point for our conversation and uh, really, because this is being recorded, it's something that we can kind of go back and listen to again. Uh, obviously, I'm going to quickly read the definition, and it's, it, it, it's, a, it's a paragraph, if you will. Uh, but uh, if we really break down this definition, I think we'll have a good idea of what it is that we're trying to explain that expository preaching is. So let me go ahead and read this. It's, it's, it's the impartation of God's truth presented in the power of God's Spirit for the purpose of edifying God's people— So they are conformed to god's image and equipped to fulfill god's mission though it certainly includes teaching it is more than just teaching in that it reproves rebukes rebukes and exhorts it is therefore convicting confronting and challenging the preacher is authoritative and yet long suffering because the authority is outside of himself his authority is the word of god as evidenced by the content of the message it is expositional in that it simply brings out the text, what, uh, what is there exposing it to view. The opposite of, of exposition is imposition, which imposes on the text that which is not there. All preaching can be and must be expositional, whether it be verse-by-verse verse treatment of a particular passage or book of the Bible or the biblical treatment of a particular topic in that the theme and the main points of the message are taken from the text as opposed to the mind of the expositor. And now I know that was a, a pretty long definition, but I think that really uh, brings us to the point of, of what we believe the Bible uh, uh, teaches uh, about expository preaching. Here's the thing, one of the things that uh, we do here at One Baptist Church, and we try to make sure that we uh, uh, hold uh, to a very high value, is that, you know, if, if we're saying it, where did he say it? Where, where did the Word of God say it? Because if, if we're going to say that the Bible is our authority, then it needs to be our authority in everything. Um, so we we certainly believe that uh, as we're talking about the subject of expository preaching, we're talking about it because we believe the Bible teaches expository preaching. So, so Robert, uh, maybe, maybe you could maybe talk on that for a little bit.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, expository preaching is seen um, and practiced um, all through Scripture when we look at the Apostles' Uh, when we look at Christ himself, um, you know, so just just a few examples uh, that come to mind. Um, the book of Acts records many sermons preached by the apostles. Um, take Peter in Acts chapter two, for example. Um, he expounded the prophecy of Joel chapter two, and he shared how it testified to Christ, supporting his sermon there with, with two psalms um, in addition. You look in Acts seven, where Stephen. He exposited, uh, portions of Genesis and Exodus um, flip over to chapter 8 Philip he exposited Isaiah uh, chapter 53 uh, one-on-one with the Ethiopian eunuch um, and and then you know Jesus himself you know he was on the road to Emmaus talking with his two disciples there and in, in yeah. Luke 24 27 That's a good one. Um, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets he expounded yeah. unto them in all the scriptures the things Concerning himself, so, so just as you said, uh, Pastor Frank, it's it's the biblical mandate and it's the biblical model.
1: Yeah, that Second Timothy four two, mm-hmm. uh, where he says, "Preach the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, Be instant in season out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine." Uh, uh, is is a very important aspect we have to remember. Now, Timothy uh, was uh, uh, the book of Timothy was written by Paul. Uh, matter of fact, Second Timothy was Paul's last. Uh, Writing uh, before he was executed, and and he's writing to his pastor that he left at Ephesus, and he's he's explaining to him uh, the importance of what a pastor should be doing in the function of the local church. Uh, Timothy, of course, being the pastor of 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 Ephesus, and he he tells him pretty pretty simple: preach the word. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, when it's all said and done, preach the word. Don't preach what we think. Don't preach our opinion preached a word and he goes on to say why because there's going to be a time uh that will come that they will not endure sound doctrine uh but that people are going to be after their own lust uh heaping to themselves teachers having itching ears and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables and so this 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 uh, uh uh, idea of, uh, of expository preaching uh, is more than just uh, something that we we should talk about. It's, it's what we should be doing, and the Bible says we should be doing it. Chris, why don't you go ahead and give us some uh, some of your thoughts?
2: Well, uh, just in addition to what uh, Pastor Robert was saying, I think uh, one of the maybe the, the best examples uh, that we have in Scripture of expository preaching uh, is found in uh, the Old Testament in Nehemiah chapter yeah. 8. Amen. You know, as uh, many people might know these verses, but um, as you look through that that chapter, when uh, Ezra comes forth to bring the word of God uh, to the people there, you know, he, he, brings the, he brings forth the law, which is the word of God, right? That's what we're expository, and that's what we're preaching before the congregation. And uh, as he does that, he brings it to people to hear and to understand. You know, as you were saying, you know, the, the role of a pastor is to bring that knowledge and understanding, and that comes from the word of God. That's what he did. He stood up upon a pulpit of wood to do it over the people, and when he did, he read the words of God, which, and then blessed God, and then the people worshiped. That's the response of it, was that the people worshiped, and he read it, it says, distinctly, and caused the people to understand. Yeah. And so when we're talking about expo- expository preaching, uh, there's another word or a synonym that, that's used for that. It's exegesis or exegetical, and that, yeah. that's that you let the Word of God read out what it says. So earlier when I said that, you know, when expository preaching is being done, that's so that it can expose the doctrine of Scripture. That's the exegeting of it. That's allowing God's Word to speak out what it, it says and what it means you know uh, Pastor Robert gave some examples of like Jesus on the road to Emmaus he expounded unto them he, he taught them he, ex, he exposed the word of God to them and so that's why that's a synonym of that and when you see that that example being uh portrayed in, in, in Nehemiah chapter 8 you see all of that coming forth and, and then what happens is the response of that is that the people will worship and, and they they wept over the word of God because of that so you know I feel like since that's so much missing it from the pulpits today you know you don't have true worship like you can't come to a place of that true worship you can't come to that place of, of, of real conviction uh, over your sin where you would weep over it you know and, and have the the proper response when when it's not being done from the pulpits today you know and and I did th- just think Nehemiah chapter 8 just gives us that it just lays it out so beautifully how the Word of God is to be preached uh, expositionally speaking and, um, and to get the proper response from the, from the congregation I think that's yeah, what God that- wanted
1: That Nehemiah passage is actually a uh, a quite important passage uh, to uh, be able to put uh, uh, this idea of expository preaching in in, in a good context. And I just want to real quick, um, just so people uh, who might be listening uh, understand, exegesis, what the idea of exegesis is, is pulling out of the text God's points. And then the opposite of that is what we would call eisegesis. And what that is, is putting your points into the text. Um, And we might call that presuppositions. Uh, For example, let me give you an example of a presupposition. Uh, I remember uh, before I was saved, uh, you know, I I used to always think that the the fruit that Adam pulled uh, or Eve pulled from the tree was an apple. Um, You know, and and so certainly a lot of people believe that that was the fruit. Well, okay, that's, that's what we would call eisegesis. That's putting into the text something that isn't there. Um, because if you go back to the story of of adam and eve in genesis chapter number one two and three uh there is no apples (laughs) uh uh, there uh so that that, that's kind of what we're talking about another thing that we might be talking about and kind of uh maybe help us understand is you know the story of uh jesus's birth um you know many people believe that the, the the wise men uh came to uh the manger uh to meet with uh with uh, uh, the newborn baby Jesus, and, and that's not true. He, the wise men didn't come till uh, quite honestly, probably a couple of years later, uh, to a house that they were at, they were in. And and again, uh, it, it, although those although those are uh, kind of flimsy, maybe uh, uh, well, what does that really matter? Kind of things. Uh, at the end of the day, if if God didn't say it, uh, then it does matter. Because here's the thing I've learned. Is that every word of God is pure, Amen. and and if we uh, change or 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 d- exclude or or add anything to it, um, then we uh, one word can change a whole uh, perspective of uh, uh, of a sentence, and the way we say that one word can change a whole perspective, and so we need to understand that God chose a book to put His words in a book for a reason, and uh, you know we're, we're, He's very very. Uh, adamant about not adding to his word or, or taking from his word so much so that in the book of revelation, he announces a curse on anybody that does that expository preaching uh, a true expositor uh, will be very, very conscious of, of making sure that they are representing what God actually said. And that's what we're talking about here. Robert, go ahead.
0: Yeah. I just want to add to um, the comment you made about, um, you know, not thinking it's a big deal in certain aspects. Um, or just thinking oh well you know it's it's all the same or you know well if we if we study the bible with that mindset then what's to stop us from applying those same approaches and practices and really mistakes to other things in scripture other doctrines that someone might think quote unquote does matter as you said it all matters every word is pure Um, so if we take just something simple. Or what someone may think is simple as the um, the birth of Jesus and the wise men, or um, the the apple in the garden, or whatever. Uh, then, okay, we someone might not think it's a big deal, but if we're not taught proper hermeneutic and, and expository preaching and studying of the word, then we're going to apply the, it's just practicing poor mechanics. It's reinforcing poor hermeneutic, sure. And, and um, expository preaching really for the preacher makes the preaching. Um, what I would submit to you is both easier and more difficult because expository preaching is your, your sermon's already there. It's the Word of God. Mm-hmm. You don't have to try to come up with uh, cute things. You don't have to try to make your own points. You don't have to try to tie things together you know by the will of man or be creative and, and exercise things creative licenses that, that you have no business exercising. So mm-hmm. it makes it easier from that standpoint, But at the same time, it's a lot more difficult because you are forced to deal with the text as it is. You can't skirt around things. There are uh, controversial topics. There are uncomfortable texts and difficult, somewhat difficult, seemingly difficult anyway, passages that... Um, you have to deal with, and you can't just hopscotch around those things um, by topically preaching something and or, or, or cherry picking because um, it's there, and you have to deal with it. You know, you're forced to, to deal with the whole counsel of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul said in Acts chapter twenty, verse twenty six and twenty seven, wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. Watch this, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God Amen.
1: yeah you know I think the the thought pattern there is is that you know uh, again going back to the whole point of what we were trying to say is you know if, if God said it, 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 it the point will be proven by the Bible itself you know one of the greatest things I think about the Bible that is so awesome if, if, if we would just stop and let the Bible be the Bible is that it's its, its own lexicon it's its own dictionary yeah it will it will uh, answer all your questions uh, within itself. You know the Bible tells us in 2 Peter 1:20, right? Knowing this first that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation, and, and do understand this that word prophecy in the Bible. Again, you know I think that's one of the the issues that we have today is that we try to take words uh, that uh, that God used uh, you know in the in the in the Hebrew and the Greek. Hebrew thousands of years ago Greek thousands of years ago right and and what we try to do is we try to tag definitions on them today what the words mean today opposed to what they meant uh you know even hundred years ago like for instance the word wine you know we use that word today uh and, and, and it always today when we speak of wine refers to uh an alcoholic beverage well the issue is is that 400 years ago that wasn't true Matter of fact, it was the complete opposite. That word "wine" was actually uh, uh, used for the freshly squeezed uh, grape juice that came uh, from 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 that. So you know, we just got to be really careful of how we use words. And and so I, I say all that because the second Peter passage, pa- second Peter 1:20 passage says, "Knowing this first, I know prophecy of the Scripture." You know, we jump real quick and we go, "Prophecy! Oh, he's talking about future events." And, and certainly. In, in in context, that is true, uh, but there are other contexts in the Bible where that word prophecy is speaking of teaching. It's it's, it's a teacher. It's when somebody uh, t- is uh, uh, teaching on a subject. God is the only one that can see the future, and any of those prophets in the Old Testament spoke uh, through uh, the, the visions that God gave them. They'll always say it, uh, you know, things like, and the word of the Lord came unto me saying. Uh, so, um, that word prophecy is, 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 is in this particular context and in many contexts in the scripture is speaking of teaching. So in other words, th- th- that it's knowing this first that no teaching prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. And so the idea of expository preaching and, and the whole idea that I think that God's trying to really uh, 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 get us to focus on is, hey, don't preach what you think, preach what I said. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Chris?
2: No, absolutely, I agree. I mean, again, it's it, it doesn't, Bible doesn't say to teach what you think or what you say It says preach the word yeah I mean so that's what worded that's what the pastor's supposed to do preach the word I mean when you think about uh, you know as you were saying about like not not to put your presuppositions in there not to define words as you see it or as the world sees it you know you got to uh you know the way that God does that and and you were talking uh, Pastor Robert about you know hermeneutics and stuff like that earlier and so the, the way to properly allow God's word to speak it out is to compare scripture with scripture and when you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, you, know, you see that whole uh, idea of, of God saying, laying it out. You know, in verse 13, he says, which things also we speak, not in the words of man's wisdom teach, teach, but the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. That's comparing the scripture with the scripture so that it can say what it wants to say. That's God's thoughts, God's words. And that's the role, that's the pa- what the pastor's supposed to do. You know? and, and, and even Jeremiah, when you go to Jeremiah, he, he tells, tells us that, the, that he gives us pastors for, to bring knowledge and understanding. You know, and, and that the pastors who lead the flock astray, there's a, a woe p- pronounced onto them. Mm. So it, it just As makes the Jeremiah job that, 315 Jeremiah, Jeremiah 3.15 or Jeremiah 12.10, yeah? Exactly, yep, sorry. But it, it just it, it just emphasizes the importance on making sure that, that the word of God is speaking for itself, that the preacher is doing nothing more and nothing less than allowing God to have his word preached and not what he thinks. You know, you, there's congregations getting led... To, vastly astray by, by those kinds of concepts and ideas. So, you know, you said earlier, Pastor Robert, about how it makes it easier and difficult at the same time. But, you know, if if somebody just went up to the pulpit, pulled out the Bible and just started reading it, just think of how much better the church would be if, if they would just do that instead of putting in their sure. own words, you know. Just allow God's Word to really just to speak.
0: Yeah, and, and I think it's, it's another reason that it's difficult is because, you know, we, we live in a day where um, people honestly, just want to hear what we want to hear. Mm -hmm. We don't like hearing the difficult Paul calls that itching ears. exactly. And, um, you know, we we deal with that at One Baptist Church here in Jacksonville, Florida, where, you know, as we strive to be faithful to the Word, um, whether people like it or not, um, we are going to stand on the Word. And, um, you know, there are some people that, that that's what they desire, and we praise the Lord for that. And then there are some who who, again, just want to have maybe their ears tickled or just learn how to, um, you know, be a better person uh, and just focus on the here and now and, and don't see the practicality in expository preaching. But, but again, um, you know, you have to look at w- w- where's your focus? You know, I- is it on me? Is it on, on just the here and now? Or is it thus saith the Lord? Yeah. And, and really, if you're preaching thus saith the Lord, uh, i.e. expository preaching, it's going to be practical. Sure. It, it's going to address problems and needs and issues, and it's going to convict of sin. It's going to encourage. Um, and so, uh, we, 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 you know, if any any church, any pastor who is faithful to the text and expository preaching uh, knows exactly what we're talking about, how um, it's just another reason it's that much more difficult because not everybody wants to hear, thus saith the Lord. Yeah.
1: You know, and I think, unfortunately, here's the thing it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, in, in, Christianity today and I think this is really important that we really grasp this thought pattern. You know, people package things up using Christian words uh yet they define them much much differently than other people do. Um for for you know for for example um talking about this word expository preaching. You know, I don't think that you're going to meet very many preachers who don't say, "Oh yeah, we're expository preachers." Mm-hmm. Okay, well uh, but if 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 you're, if what you're doing doesn't match up to biblical uh, standards then you're not expository preaching uh, you're preaching eisegesis. Jesus that's what you're doing um, same thing you know another buzzword that's big in the churches today is discipleship uh, listen uh, this is not a, a a front this is just a reality uh, I, I don't know very many churches in the Jacksonville area that really are actually doing biblical discipleship um it, and and so you know when we talk about uh, this thing we we need to understand that it, it, it and it's important for us to understand that how satan works um anything that has to do with truth from a uh, biblical perspective uh always has a myriad of counterfeits there's always going to be a counterfeit that's how satan works mm-hmm. we 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 believe that satan unfortunately we just think he's this big red guy with a pitchfork running around Doing evil things to everybody. No. He has transformed himself as an angel of light. He wants the position that God has. He wants to sit on the throne of God. He wants worshipers. He's not going to get those worshipers in a bar. Those people are already headed the wrong way. He's not going to get those worshipers in a a, a, a whorehouse. Uh, He doesn't need to mess with those people. Where he needs to mess with people is is in the church house. That's where, and, and the Bible's very clear that that's where he will be hanging out. And that's where his ministers of righteousness will be hanging out. Uh, but they're not ministers of righteousness. They're, they're, they're ministers of counterfeits. Um, And a textual sermon uh, uh, that compares Scripture with Scripture, uh, that allows God to define terms and meaning. uh, And and God is very, very good at using pictures and similitudes. Uh, He compares things with uh, spiritual things with spiritual things, as Chris already told us. And, and, And listen, Satan will counter that. We need to be very, very careful to understand what he will do to do that. Chris?
2: Yeah, I just wanted to, not to interrupt, but to just interject real quick, you know, it, through proper, proper expository preaching, that's where you're going to find out who Satan really is. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, that's the thing that's missing from part of what's missing through, through the preaching today is that, that that stuff is left out. You know, the Bible is the only place that it's going to expose Satan for who he really is. So when one is preaching expositorily, that's where you're going to reveal who he is because like Pastor Frank said I mean that he is the counterfeit every time God makes a move he makes a counter move that's what history is it's, it's a series of it's like a chess match of God making a move and Satan making a counter move but that's what you don't see or hear from the, the pulpits today is that that's all left out and it without a proper exposition or exegesis of the scriptures you're not going to even know who your enemy is yep. because that's what I that's what I said earlier it brings it allows the proper doctrine to come out so you can identify who Satan truly is for who he is
1: well that's Job 41 right yeah uh, you know where, where God says that he will not conceal him. Right. You know, many people, unfortunately, there's another uh, great uh, chapter in the Bible that uh, unfortunately has been uh, eisegesis rather than exegesis. And, and many people think that uh, Leviathan that's being talked about in that chapter, uh, you know, might be a great whale or, or just a big fish or something like that. Well, the reality is if we compare Scripture with Scripture, we find out that Leviathan is nothing is no more than Satan. Uh, he is the children of disobedience. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think it's important that we understand that when you ex- expose the scripture properly, uh, it will call Satan out, no yeah. doubt about it. Uh, probably the reason why Satan doesn't like it. Mm. Robert?
0: Yeah, uh, Chris makes a really great point um, that expository preaching guards against false, teaching. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, false yep. teachers. Absolutely. Uh, false teachers are promised in scripture. Mm-hmm. Everywhere, And we are told to try and to test the spirits. 1 John 4.1. Absolutely. And one of the purposes of teaching and preaching the Word is to lead to Christian maturity. Sure. So that, as Ephesians 4.14 says, "...that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men." And cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive and once again expository preaching is a, a guardrail against such false teaching
1: well and and, and and while you're on that Ephesians 4 passage uh, you know I think it's important that we uh, we grab on to something that Chris said earlier um, you know uh, the, 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 the passage of Ephesians starts out talking about how Christ gave gifts unto men. In verse 8. And then he explains what those gifts unto men that he gave were. And and uh, in the Ephesians 4.11 passage, he says, uh, and he gave some pastors and teachers. Mm-hmm. So, so pastors and teachers. A pastor is a teacher. Mm-hmm. A teacher of what? The Word of God. Right. That, that's it. That, that's all he can be, is a teacher of the Word of God, or else he's not a biblical pastor. And And, then it could, and the reason why we know this is because it goes on to say in verse number 12, for the perfecting of the saints, Mm -hmm. for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith, and faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And and, and so uh, absolutely, 100%, this is the uh, uh, necessary reason why God gave pastors, that Jeremiah 3.15 passage that Chris mentioned earlier, and he gave pastors according to his heart, that will do what? teach knowledge and understanding and when somebody gets knowledge by itself what does that do puffs up that puffs up so knowledge within itself isn't enough you have to have understanding of that knowledge as well and if you have knowledge and understanding and you put the two together what you now have gotten is wisdom and that's true biblical wisdom you know what i want to do if we can uh in our in our uh, last few minutes that we have here um i'm gonna i'm gonna say something here real quick But while i'm doing that i i want to kind of end this, if you will, with talking about, uh, you know, just what is it, what is it th- that, um, that we believe that the primary emphasis of, of, of what uh, expository preaching is? What, what, what is it that God is trying to emphasize in his preaching? And, and, and I'll say that uh, going to 2 Timothy 4, 2 as our, as our scripture where it says, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. First uh, Timothy four thirteen says, "Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine." So, so God's very clear on what it is we are to preach. Uh, but, but, but in a minute after I uh, uh, say a couple words here, uh, uh, maybe Robert, maybe we can start to talk. Uh, you know, what is the primary emphasis on our teaching? What is what is expository preaching? What is the emphasis? What is God trying to to uh, uh, draw out of his book and why. Why, why? why is he putting such a major emphasis uh, and, and why is uh, because he did, we believe that that's why we're putting a major emphasis on expository pre- preaching. Uh, but you know, a typical sermon today that is preached at most pulpits, unfortunately, uh, they discern a truth concerned in general revelation. and what they're trying to do is ascertain life principles, emphasizing broader truths, so we can relate to God's creation, and 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 although that sounds spiritual, and although that sounds good, the issue with that is is that it's not the way God intends it. Um, God's not looking for that. Uh, what is important to note is that it's not biblical typology. Rather, they they find things in Scripture that is not correct using Scripture rather Scripture using you, and that's where uh, we would say, "Hey, that's not right. You can't use Scripture." for your for your uh, beliefs you have to let scripture use you Um, the text needs to use the preacher not the preacher using the text to meet their goals or definition Um, oftentimes you'll hear preachers preaching from the word and they'll say things like uh, especially when they're talking about different translations they'll say well now you see how they were they use that word here right here well that's not actually the right word what it should have been is once you do that you have now become the authority on the subject. And and unfortunately, that is very dangerous. It's a very dangerous type of preaching because you're no longer following what God said, but actually using what God said to define the preacher's terms, uh, and, and now you become the authority, not God. Chris?
2: Yeah, just again, I just want to interject. You're, you're on uh, you a know, mine there because what ended up happening with that type of preaching is that one becomes guilty of, as, as Peter would se- would said it in 2 Peter 3.16, yeah, is yeah. Resting yeah, the resting of Scripture. Yeah. W-R-E-S-T. 2 mm-hmm. uh, Peter 3.16 says, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to be understood, which they, that are unlearned and unstable, rest, W-R-E-S-T, as they do also the other Scriptures, unto their own destruction. So when that happens, that's unto your own destruction. The resting of Scriptures, it's, it's the wrestling of it. You know, you're you're changing it around to suit, you know, what it is you want the, the congregation to respond, you know, and you, you preach just devotionally or something like that. And then all that the people end up doing is, is is getting, the Bible's about me, you know, it's about what I can get out of it instead of what God's actually trying to say. So, you know, that happens a lot through that kind of preaching is that, that the, the scriptures end up getting rested, you know, twisted and, and wrestled upon. So, yeah, I just want to add that
1: in there. Yeah, no, I, and I think that, Probably the biggest reason why, and this is going to lead into the question that I asked you guys, um, you know, probably the biggest reason why uh, preachers will rest Scripture, um, based on the the passage itself, uh, one is because they really don't know, and because they really don't know, they need to try to make sense of it, and so they'll come up with their own ways of making sense of it. Well, uh, unfortunately... Uh, you know, I don't know about anybody else, but you know, I, if I'm having a conversation with somebody and I ask them a question and they don't know the answer to the question, I would prefer them to say, uh, you know, that's a good question. I really don't know. Let me let me go get the answer for you. Then feed me some mm-hmm. crazy answer that's not really the the right answer. And then and then uh, you know, uh, being a pastor, that's even more dangerous because now uh, you know people are going to take that as, oh, that's that's the truth when it's, when it might not be the truth at all. And that's obviously very dangerous. Um, you know, again, uh, we're talking about this idea of the primary emphasis. What is the primary emphasis of preaching? What, what, what is it that expository preaching will do? Because here's where the rubber meets the road now. And this is uh, where I think most people, unfortunately, uh, especially in this day uh, that we live in that uh, the Bible calls Laodicea, uh, the, 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 the that term Laodicea is found in Revelation chapter three, where where Jesus writes a letter to the Laodicean church, and he lets the, he lets that 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 Laodicean church know uh, that the, the they're neither hot for him or cold for him, and that makes him sick. He's not happy with that. Um, Laodicean Christianity uh, is is really truthfully uh, a, a, a place where we made it all about ourselves. You know, if we were to ask the question, um, you know, what is the uh, what is the, 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 the purpose of the Bible? Why, why, why do we have the Bible? Um, you know, what, what is the main objective of the Bible? Mo- most people are going to uh, say things like, uh, well, the purpose of the Bible is the cross, or the purpose of the Bible is uh, you know, what, what, what God did for me. And, 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 and somehow, some way, we always turn it back to, to me, to I, to us. And the reality is, uh, that's not what the purpose of the Bible is at all um and and we got to be a part of the story praise the lord amen but we are not the story uh jesus and his kingdom uh is the story and and so um uh you know when so when we're looking at this idea of expository preaching uh again uh i want to go back to that second timothy 4 2 passage uh, where it says preach the word paul's very very clear on this be instant in season, out of season. And, and then he gives us uh, some some very interesting words here that Laodicea doesn't like. Mm-hmm. Reprove, rebuke, exhort. And, and so what I want to do in our, in our closing minutes, if, if we don't mind, is what, what does that mean to us? What, what What is it that expository preaching should be uh, 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 doing to the, the, the listeners? Robert?
0: Yeah, so... When we are preaching, and and then in in return hearing, uh, th- those that are, that are hearing of the word, uh, the the whole counsel of God, as we said earlier, um, unadulterated, um, outright, unashamedly, without apology, um, just the text, um, it will um, make that individual that's preaching, and then those that are hearing, uncomfortable. It, it's just going to happen, because who wants to get up and deliver bad news, so to speak? Or, or, or I shouldn't say bad news, I should say, who wants to get up and tell people, um, you, you, we, you are a wretched sinner, uh, your sin is deserving of the wrath of God. Um, you, you are a Laodicean Christian, uh, you know, who wants to be the guy to say those things? Well, I'll tell you who wants to do that. It's the guy who wants to be faithful to the book, and he wants to be faithful to the Lord. And, and then again, who wants to hear that? You know, we don't, we don't think people, especially again in this day, like to get up and, and come to church and, and, and be convicted and be reproved. Mm. We, 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 and by that I mean 21st century Christianity, we want to be encouraged we, again, want our ears tickled. We want to know how to have an easier or a better life, um, and we want to walk away feeling better than we did. Well, religion will do that for you. Oh, sure. Um, Christianity, the Word of God, uh, will, will show you who He truly is mm-hmm. and, in effect, show us who we truly are. Right. And, and, and so the reason we emphasize that and what it does, expository preaching, is it does the very thing that, that God does with His Word, as Psalm 138 and verse 2 says, it exalts His word yep. above His name. Yep. And that truly is an astounding thought when you think about how, how it's at His name that every knee will bow, Philippians chapter 2 says, and that every tongue will confess that He is the Lord to the glory of the Father. Yep. And it's above that name that He exalts His word. And it's, it's his word that he says in, in uh, Psalm chapter 12, verses 6 and 7. Every word of God is pure, Proverbs 30. Um, the words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace, purified seven times. Um, Jeremiah 15, uh, 16, he says, uh, Thy words did I eat. Um, and David uh, in, in uh, Psalm 119 talks um, nearly the entire, every verse uh, of his love for the word. Job, and so, Job
1: talks about how it's necessary food.
0: He desires it more, yeah, than his necessary food. And, and so what we are doing when we are expository preaching and sitting under an expository preacher is we are, in effect, getting the, the love for the Word of God that he has for his own Word and the reverence for it. Do we always feel good about it? No, but purging doesn't feel good. But what did Jesus say purging does? It bears more fruit. Mm-hmm. A- and what is that for? It's for His glory. Yep.
2: Chris. Yeah. Ultimately, that that's the end result is giving Him glory. Um, but you you were hitting on on something there, and, and the reason why that that we, that we do that uh, that kind of preaching is because that's what's going to bring the conviction. You know, if, if you're just going in to hear those tickling-in-your-ears words and, 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 and get that prosperity gospel, as it were. You know, you don't leave any different than you came in. You just are—you're more puffed up, you know. You, you can't get conviction, and without conviction, there can't be a transformation. When mm. I, That's what I love about One Baptist Church Jacksonville here, that, that when I go there, I know I'm going to get the Word of God, pure and unadulterated, rightly divided— so that when I hear it, I have a response just like they did back in Nehemiah chapter eight, where I can worship God and and, and be broken over my sin. There's not, you know, you're not going to understand the tr- what your sin really does and, and be broken over it without the Word of God actually doing that to you. I mean, you know, Hebrews chapter four says that it's a two-edged sword; it cuts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which way is it going to cut you? You know, if you're going into the you know, quote, unquote, normal church house here today, you're not going to get cut by anything. You're going to get puffed up and made to feel good. You're not going to walk out any different. You know, there's not going to be any uh, conviction or transformation. You know, th- those words that you've talked about, Pastor Frank, reprove, rebuke, exhort, nobody wants to hear those today. Talking about people, telling people what's, that's what the word of God exposed does. It tells you what's wrong, how to get right, how to stay right. You know, 2 Timothy 3.16 says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Now check it out, profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. What's the first thing on that list? Doctrine. That's what's right. Again, when you expose the Scriptures, you're going to get the doctrine, what what the true teaching of it is, so that you can be reproved, rebuked, and exhorted, so that you can get right with God. You know, instead of just walking out high and mighty, I feel good. You know this. This was a good day. I got my spiritual batteries recharged or whatever you want to call it. You walk out broken, walk out different than when you came in, you know, allowing God to work on you and break you down and chastise you where you need to be chastised so that he can make you more conformable to his image. That's what the purpose of this life is, is to be more conformed in their sanctification, to be more like him so that we can go out and do his work to win, to build and to send so that we can reach this lost and dying world. If you just go in there to get your ears tickled, you come out the same, you're not gonna end up being convicted to even do anything for Christ again because it becomes all about you. The and mentality is very much alive and well. And, and, and that's what is prominent in the church today because of the lack of expository preaching. There's no conviction, there's no transformation, no reproval, no rebuke, no exhortation because there's no true doctrine being preached.
1: And you know, I think that's probably why we have a lot of church revivals. <laughs> You know, here's the thing. It, it, the reason why you have to have a revival is because you have a bunch of people not doing anything. Right. If you had a bunch of transform, if you had people that were actually truly transformed, you don't need a revival because now the Holy Spirit is is, is inside those people and, and, and they're moving to do... You know, the issue is, you used an interesting word there that I think, unfortunately, probably most people really don't even understand what the word means, and that word is sanctification. You know, here's the thing. Uh, we... We live in a day where I think most people uh, uh, are, are understanding of and at least have a grasp on what justification is. You know, justification, uh, well, and if they don't know, know it by word, they certainly know it by definition. You know, justification is the fact that Jesus died on a cross to pay for our sins. He, he, he uh, paid the debt that we had uh, you know, when you think of that word. You think of the word justification. You think of a court. You're in court. You think of the fact that when somebody's justified, uh, they've been pronounced not guilty. Well, we were certainly all guilty. Romans 3:23 uh, uh, tells us we're all guilty. Uh, Jesus, the the only uh, person that ever walked this earth that was not guilty, uh, went on a cross and paid for the sins. Thence, uh, our, our, uh, you know, justifying. Uh, Those that believe and receive him and I do want to emphasize believe and receive him Um, You know, I think there's a lot of folks that have believed on Christ, but they haven't received him There's a difference there Uh, and in 1st Corinthians 15 1 through 4 certainly talks about that Uh, but you know, but uh, the issue is is that when somebody becomes born again as Jesus talks about in John chapter 3 and they become justified Okay, uh, the, the 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 reality is is that most people stay there, and the Bible calls those people babes in Christ, and they don't go anywhere else than right there. Uh, we might say, you know, they they just wander in the wilderness, and and man, I've met people who who uh, have come into our ministry. Uh, at one Baptist church. Uh, and, and I've heard people say, you know, I've been a Christian for 40 years. I've been to churches all over the place. I have never learned more about the Bible than since I've been here. In the three months I've been here, I've learned more than all the other churches I've been to. And and the reality is, is it's not that we're special. Right. It's not that we're doing something that's, uh, you know, make, makes us right over everybody else or, or that we're trying to say that we're, better than anybody else uh all all we're saying is and the reason why that happens is because we're just doing what the bible tells us to do and 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 listen reprove you know that's a tough word if you really stop and you think about what that means let me give you a definition of that word it means to blame having blame expressed to the face wow Nobody nobody likes that uh rebuke to To chide, to reprehend for their fault, we certainly don't like that. don't 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 rebuke me. Exhort to incite by words, to animate or urge by arguments. you know, uh, I've heard people uh, say things like uh, uh, coming into uh, that was our timer that went off. Uh, you know I've heard uh, people say things uh, uh, you know like uh, uh, you know. Uh, oh, that that, that that preacher man, he's just way too loud. He's just way too, wait a minute, time out. What does it say in 2 Timothy 4.2? That's what the word exhort means. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, and, and let's kind of close this up now, um, and I'll give you guys the last chance to say any last words you might have. But at the end of the day, here's the deal. You know, you read that, uh, the, that passage over there in 2 Timothy 3. Uh, that talks about all Scripture given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and in righteousness. But let's finish that. Right. There's a reason why that it gives us the reason why we do that. It's that the man of God may be perfect, and that word perfect means mature that they can mature in their faith. 2 Timothy chapter number 1, uh, the, the seven levels of spiritual growth that every Christian uh, is responsible for going through, that God is calling for, that I would argue most Christians haven't a clue what that is. But, but so, and why does God want us to be matured? So that we will be furnished so that we can do good works. You know, justification, for by grace you are saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You do nothing to earn your justification. Absolutely, no doubt about that. The issue is is that going into that sanctification. Sanctification does require you to do something. Romans chapter 12, Paul says it like this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which means... We can bring sacrifices to God that are not holy, that are not acceptable, hence the reason why expository preaching is so important. We need to make sure we know what those acceptable sacrifices are, that only God's word can tell us what it is. And if we're not getting expository preaching, I fear we're not getting the, uh, the, what those acceptable sacrifices are, and, and God simply doesn't accept them. Uh, you know, Revelation, we talked about that passage over in Laodicea. Jesus says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. That word chasten means to correct by punishment. Mm-hmm. Wow. What a, what a, just think about this. And people, you know, we, sometimes I think we have a wrong idea of Jesus. Uh, and again, the Jesus of the Bible is the Jesus that we should be paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Mark 16, 14, when Jesus, after his resurrection, He's hanging out with his, his disciples. And, and look, what he says, look what it says here. After he, Jesus, Mark 16, 14, appeared unto the eleven, as they sat and uh, ate meat, uh, uh, he upbraided them. Why? Because of their unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they believed not that which had seen him after his... That word upbraid ab- means to charge with something wrong or disgraceful to reproach, to cast in the teeth. Christ was upset at his disciples for not following after his truth. He was mad at them. He was he, righteous anger. We don't look at Jesus that way. We don't see him that way, unfortunately. But, but, but I do believe that expository preaching uh, is, is, is what it is that will help us define uh, who we really are so that we can be what God wants us to be. And if we do it the, the other way around, if we just think we're going to be what God wants us to be, well, the problem is is well, if you don't know what God wants you to be and you start to create what God wants us to be, then you're really not being what God wanted you to be. Uh, Robert, any closing remarks you want to make?
0: Yeah, you know, the Lord, just real quick, he is not. he did not write his book. He did not put together his word like a middle schooler trying to write an essay where he was just trying to fill up space at the end just to get the word count. Every word is there on purpose and for a purpose, right? So if we believe that, and if we believe that every word of God is pure and is profitable for doctrine and for reproof, for correction and instruction and righteousness, then we are going to be held as preachers and even as Christians. We're going to be held accountable at the judgment seat of Christ for what we did with His word. Um, And if we are going to ignore or negate or hide from things that are difficult or the Old Testament because we think it's not important anymore or minor prophets because we don't understand it or, or, or whatever it might be, um, or we just want to meet the quote-unquote felt needs of our people, then we are going to receive the very straight judgment for that, not just for ourselves, but for the people that we led as pastors who are also ill-prepared for the judgment seat because of our lack of faithfulness to the Word.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'd like to just add to that that we're called to study Okay. Uh, it's not about
1: Second Timothy two fifteen.
2: Right. Second Timothy two fifteen says, "To study, to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth."
1: I would add, it, not just to do your best. To <laughs> yes. Study.
2: Yeah. I like the old King's language. Definitely says yeah. study. I mean, th- and and so that's a command, you know, and, and you know, like you were saying, Pastor Robert. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we're going to be held accountable. There, there is a judgment coming for for us, and, and as a Christian. You know, we are at that judgment seat of Christ, which is the, the judgment for a Christian. You know, you're you're going to suffer loss uh, because you're being judged by the word of God for what you did as a Christian in, in Christ's body. The church is the body of Christ. And, and if we don't study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman needs not to be ashamed, we're going to enter into that judgment unapproved and ashamed and we're going to suffer loss at that judgment. So the importance of having an, an expository preaching is, is so that we don't lose out on anything from the Word of God so that we can know what it is we're going to be held accountable to so that we can know what it is that's coming in that judgment yeah. to, to bring God uh, the, the gifts that He deserves and to have you know those crowns to cast at His feet. So, I mean, at the end of the day... If you're not getting the right doctrine or or the Word of God expository preached, you're you're gonna you're just gonna lose out on so much, and then when you get to that judgment, you know, mm-hmm. you're gonna have a, a suffer loss, and that's if you're at that judgment, because again, there's a lot of people who think that they're headed for that judgment or, or or they're going on their way to heaven, but they're they're really not, you know, and then you you end up in that 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 Matthew seven passage where it's you know, depart from me, you work iniquity for I never knew you, and, and I just fear that because of this type of preaching missing from the pulpits that there's a lot of people who call themselves Christians who are going to find out that they're really not. And it's because they're missing so much of the whole counsel of God that's not being delivered to them because the, the preachers are not. And I'll call them preachers because pastors are called according to God's word. And, and there's a lot of preachers that think they're pastors and they're not. They're not giving the whole counsel of God. And people are being led astray, and they're going to find themselves at the wrong judgment. So at the end of the day, the, the, the importance of true expository preaching is is so that we can know for certain where we're headed and what the purpose and point of that is, and, and to be able to cast those crowns at, at the feet of Jesus.
1: Yeah. You know, what is the point of being a Bible believer if we don't read and apply the Bible to our life? I mean, what what, what is the point? What is the, well, you know, that's the thing that I think is so important about understanding what true, and, and now I want to make sure we understand this, what true biblical expository preaching truly is. Because what it does is it encourages congregations to read, study, uh, and learn their Bible uh, in, a, in a much more enriched way uh, so that, why? So that biblical authority takes guesswork out of everything so we can get down to applying uh, what God really actually said. And, and just think about that. It takes guesswork out of everything so that we can actually apply it. You know, listen, at the end of the day, uh, we have all the school we need. We have 66 counselors. And if we just let those 66 counselors be the final authority in all of our faith and practice, uh, man, uh, we will be much better Christians for it. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, uh, certainly we are uh, glad that you tuned in. Uh, We uh, love having you. Uh, We would say, you know, we're right here in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, You can find us at onebaptistjacks.world. Certainly love to have you come and uh, check out our church, man. We would love to see. Uh, and and, and talk with you you can uh, uh, certainly uh, uh, if you have any questions or any thoughts uh, we will uh, get you our email address here shortly and uh, you can uh, you can email us and uh, we will do the best uh, we can to make sure we uh, we respond to those things appropriately next week uh, we're going to talk about the 10 keys of bible study Uh, so we've talked uh, a little bit today about x you know what 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 Uh, uh, exegetical uh, study is, what expository preaching is. And and so uh, I think maybe where we need to go with this next is, okay, uh, if that's what we're supposed to do, uh, then what does the Bible say uh, on how we're supposed to study the Bible? And uh, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, 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 search that subject of, of what the Bible says, the 10 keys of Bible study is, and I think we will have a good conversation there. Uh, so thank you for tuning in. Uh, certainly would love to, love to have you tune back in next week. Till then, see you soon.
0: Thank you for listening to The Revealing, a podcast ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel, for more information about One Baptist Jacks, please go to our website, onebaptistjacks.world or email us info at onebaptistjacks.world.